Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. My name is Heather. It's a little bit after 11.30. I've got a couple of things planned for today's show. I have been joined by a very special guest of mine. I will introduce her a little bit later. If you do hear any coughing, it is her. She's a little under the weather at the moment. Um, But we're going to start today's show by talking a little bit about um, some of the books that I've been reading recently, um, particularly two books by um, Peter Benchley who is the well-known author of Jaws. Help Freesia support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care and also others The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. So, out of the blue today, you might be listening to us live, you might be listening to our podcast or listening online as well. So today I wanted to talk about a couple of books that I've been reading recently um, that are marine-related Um, Two of them are by Peter Benchley, the well-known author of Jaws. I've got one about um, some scuba divers in America, which is going to lead on nicely to my special guest today. And also one um, which is also based on the shark attacks um, that happened in New Jersey in 1916, which is what Jaws is based on. So if I start with Jaws, for anyone who's seen the film, great film, 
unfortunately really did change our view of sharks around the world. Suddenly we went from sharks aren't that bad to sharks are deadly, we want to kill them all. It was pretty horrific. But if you take the time to pick up the book Jaws, you'll find it's uh, it's quite different. I was quite impressed by it in that it took almost 200 pages to finally have the first sighting of the shark. So in the film, the shark is there really, really early on. It's very prominent. It's terrorising the people, oh, excuse me, of Amity Island. And, um, yeah, the shark's just there constantly as a constant reminder that death is there as soon as you stick your toes in the water. Whereas the book um, is a little bit different. They do still have the, the shark featuring quite prominently. There is a lot of other understories too, um, particularly to do with the police officer's wife and our shark specialist as well. Now, Peter eventually wrote this book and it was loosely based on the shark attacks in 1916 in America. And another one of the books that I've read is Close to Shore. Now, Close to Shore follows those shark attacks a little more closely. They've done a lot of research. They looked into newspaper reports at the time. Um, At the time, the scientists didn't believe that the deaths that had occurred were the result of a shark attack. They didn't believe that sharks attacked people. This is only 100 years ago. Um, They actually believed it was a giant sea turtle that was out there killing people who were going to the beach. Um, Obviously, we know a lot more about sharks now, but it's interesting that these two books take a really different look. Obviously, one is fact, one is fiction, but it's a really different look at the same shark attacks. Now, many, many years later, excuse me, many, many years later, um, Peter eventually came out with another book and it's called Shark Trouble. In this book, he talks about how basically he regrets writing the book Jaws. So Jaws was turned into this amazing film. Everyone knows Jaws. All you have to do is start to make that music and everyone knows what it is. So Shark Troubles, Peter Benchley actually came to Australia and he worked with the foxes over in South Australia and he talked to Ron and Valerie Taylor and he found out so much more about these sharks and it really follows, I guess, the different species but also the conservation efforts around these animals as well because... We're currently killing about 100 million sharks every year and they are the vacuum cleaners of the ocean. We, we need them out there. They're cleaning up the things that are sick. They're cleaning up the things that are dying. They're cleaning up the things that are dead. I know I'd much prefer to swim at a beach with sharks than swim at a beach with a dead, rotting whale. Like that's a no-brainer. I'm more than happy to swim with the sharks. Now the other book that I read and it was quite a few years ago now but it's a really really interesting one for anyone who scuba dives it's called the last dive and it's about a father-son team who are into their scuba diving they become technical divers they're doing some pretty incredible sort of stuff Um, and then the wife and the mum she joins in the diving too but it really it really follows along how People take up diving for lots of different reasons. So these two initially took up diving as a bit of a competition between the two of them. So father, son, they're out diving, bit of a competition. Who can go deeper? Who can dive for longer? Who can come up with the, you know, the best air consumption? It then, <clears throat> it then takes on um, a bit more of a competition in that there's a World War II German U-boat, which is one of the submarines. And it's been found off the coast of America and nobody knows what this U-boat is because there was no reports during the war that the Germans were along 
the American coast. So this father-son team, they decide that they're going to investigate and suddenly it's all about being famous. It's all about that notoriety that they get to identify the U-boat. And um, I don't think it's giving too much away when I explain that it uh, it doesn't end well. Um, in fact, the blurb on the back says they pay the ultimate price for their quest for fame. So I, when I scuba dive, I, I do it for the animals, obviously. I'm not out there trying to find, you know, wrecks and buried treasure and things. But I still found it a fascinating book because they do talk about a lot of the technical side of things and things that I would probably never really take on. I, I'm quite happy to just dive with my normal air or my nitrox, not really looking at going into anything more than that. Um, but there are definitely people out there that just desperate to find out everything they can about the ocean and it can be quite a dangerous sport so it's really important to keep that in mind if anyone's heading out diving particularly as it comes into winter and conditions in Melbourne can be pretty bloody terrible and cold at times it's always important to make sure you're diving within your limits because we have some incredible wrecks just outside the heads in Melbourne, but conditions can be really, really difficult. And it's important to remember if you're out there and you're not feeling comfortable, you are quite within your right to abort that dive. You don't have to be there and prove to everybody else that you can do it and you're not scared. Got two left feet and a bottle of red wine Making me feel like the beat in the bass line Or in my blood, both hands up on a waistline Get on up, baby, dance to the rhythm of the music Don't care what the DJ chooses Get lost in the rhythm of me Well, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was Barcelona by Ed Sheeran. Every time I hear that song, I literally want to book a flight to Barcelona. I love that place. I don't even know if there's scuba diving around Barcelona. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I've only been there a couple of uh, days at a time. But <clears throat> we have been joined in the studio today by a really good friend of mine, Chelsea. Chelsea, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Heather. That's all right. So, Chelsea, we when did we meet? What, six years ago, maybe? Yeah, six years ago. Yep. We worked in the marine industry together. Yeah, so it's it's been a while. I mean, you live on the GC up on the Gold Coast. Getting yes. ready for the Commonwealth Games. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but it's nice when you come down to visit us, particularly when it's, you know, cold in Melbourne. But, you know, you do what you can. So, Chelsea, I mean, you and I have dived a little bit. Where has been your favourite spot to dive? I mean, for any, I should probably introduce you properly. Chelsea is basically this nomad who just travels the world doing really cool marine stuff Seeing all these animals, it, it's just I'm, I'm highly envious of what you managed to do in your life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, where, where's been your favourite dive spot? Ooh, is this a worldwide question? Oh, or this is whatever Australia. you want it to be. <laughs> okay, I think worldwide my favourite dive spot would have to be the Sipadan Islands. Ooh. So the Sipadan Islands is a really small group of islands um, just off Borneo. And not only is the diving immaculate and incredible and the most amount of marine life I've ever seen, um, but there's also a really amazing community of sea gypsies out there. So sea gypsies? Yeah. So it's um, all the community that live out there, they live on sort of pontoon, like a pontoon island home sort of community. And the kids have never been to land. So what? all the children out there That's are crazy. known as sea gypsies. So I guess not only is it my favourite location because of the actual diving itself and the marine life, but also the culture that surrounds the location. 
sea gypsies. <laughs> that is awesome. And they're very, very fascinated yeah. by uh, visitors. <laughs> wow, so the kids have never stepped on land. No. That is crazy. Never. Wow, yeah, okay. They're amazing. <laughs> okay, so let's go Australia then. Where's your favourite Where's your favourite spot in Australia? Ooh, okay, I'm going to say this one also because it's in relevance of the fact that winter's coming. But honestly, my favourite spot to dive in Australia would have to be Julian Rocks just off Byron oh, Bay in Byron New South Bay. Wales. I love Julian Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Such a good spot. Yeah, it's a great adventure. Um, you get a little boat out to Julian Rocks. Particularly my favourite time of year to dive it is during the winter because uh, it's humpback whale season. <gasps> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so not only are you going out to go for a dive, but you do have the chance of seeing the whales and you usually do during the winter um, we always get dolphins jumping alongside the boat and then once you go down it's a whole other ball game because the grey nurse sharks are everywhere oh I do love a grey nurse shark mm-hmm. and diving uh, with sharks oh yeah phenomenal <laughs> exactly <laughs> I remember I dived Julian Rocks geez it was probably about six years ago it was probably that year I met you up there <laughs> and um, I was underwater and I could hear this noise I was like what is that noise and it dawned on me it was a whale I was hearing whales underwater. Like, I had never heard that. That blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And then, yeah, the grey nurse was there. And so many people are like, oh, diving with sharks. Oh, it's scary. Grey nurse sharks are the biggest scaredy cats I've ever come across in the ocean. I know. They're basically like shark puppy dogs. <laughs> you try and get a photo and they're like, bam, gone. And you're like, but no, I just, I just wanted a photo. You know, to be honest, my first dive at Julian Rocks, and I was so excited about diving with sharks. And like you were saying, everyone has this, you know, prejudged idea of sharks. Honestly, I missed the sharks multiple times to begin with because I was so fascinated in this tiny little nudie brank. Oh, you like, know I love nudie branks. I know, like a beautiful little <laughs> fluoro-coloured marine bug. And here I am right up close trying to take pictures with my underwater camera and my dive partner at the time is like tapping me on the shoulder, tapping me on the shoulder. And I was like, come on, man, whatever. I'm trying to take a picture of the nudie brank. Can you not see the nudie brank? I know, but he was tapping me on the shoulder because there was four or five grey nose sharks swimming by. That so is crazy. it is funny how lots of people are terrified of sharks and then here I am, sharks all around me and I'm so focused in on this little nudie brank that I didn't even see the grey nurse, the shark puppies. Oh, <laughs> they are just so amazing. And there's lots of wobbegongs there too, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Actually, I have a really cool story about a wobbegong. Love a wobbegong story. It was the same site, actually. I just dived it. Um, winter just gone. I was diving Julian Rocks. I actually saw... The biggest wobbegong. I haven't even told you this yet, but I actually oh, saw no. the biggest wobbegong I've ever seen. It was seriously probably the size of a small juvenile whale shark. Whoa. It was so big and he was tucked in a little cave and kind of swam past and I was like, what is that? And it was actually the biggest wobby I've ever seen. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. there's It's so awesome at Julian Rocks. There's always something different to see there, different times of year as well, and you see different marine life. And then I think our first dive, if I remember rightly, we only did a couple when I was living up in the GC, was the Seaway. It mm-hmm. spit, wasn't it? Yeah. That dive blew my mind. Apart from the fact, I don't know if you remember, but I drained my car battery. Oh, yeah. I remember I left a light on in the car. Yeah. And we came back and I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, but it was just everything was so bright and we were literally right there on the Gold Coast and there was so much marine life in the Seaway. Mm-hmm, I don't remember finding too many nudies that day, but I remember there was just, it was just so bright. It was like swimming in an aquarium. Yeah, totally. There's that. And uh, we're right there at the city. Like, Yeah, for sure. There were so many different types of fish. And I remember the parrotfish were everywhere. It was so colourful. And the yeah. clarity, like visibility was unreal. Yeah. 
And I've heard that um, if you're going to the middle of the seaway, I mean, we didn't go there, which is fine because, you know, it's a bit of a shipping channel and we didn't have a flag that day. Um, but I've heard that that's where the bull sharks hang out. So I was sort of pleased <laughs> not to venture into that area. I mean, I know they have a bad reputation and maybe it's it's unfounded, but they are known to occasionally munch on a human. <laughs> That's why the seaway on the Gold Coast for the surfers that go across there, there's a little boat these days. But in saying that, to be honest, and in the defense of sharks, you can dive with bull sharks in Fiji. I know. Open, it's on my list. Open. Open diving. Yeah. No cages involved. Yeah. Open diving with bull sharks. I have heard some amazing things on that dive too. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. That's why I ha- this whole conversation is making me want to go diving right now. And Well, we'll just book some flights <laughs> when we leave. Now, you're meant to be somewhere else right now though, aren't you? I am. This is true. Uh, Half the reason I'm in Melbourne right now for a casual little visit is because I was meant to be in Sri Lanka uh, on a surf trip. So I do travel for obviously wildlife, surfing, diving. I'm all about the nature and the travel. I said you're a nomad. It's pretty much anything outdoors. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a fractured wrist right now. So my surf trip to Sri Lanka didn't go down. And of course, I can't just stay put. So I just thought I'd come home to Melbourne, my home state of Victoria and hang out for a little while just to keep my feet moving you know yeah yeah it's important to get out and about and when have you ever dived in Melbourne uh I haven't I know when that wrist is better I think you're gonna have to take a trip down south again yeah definitely go find you some weedy sea dragons and there's lots of nudibranchs probably different to the ones you're used to back up north yeah, I would honestly love to. I, every time I come down, I think we have to go for a dive together. And um, I know the water temperatures are very different to a, at home. Oh, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Winter, but, usually around 10 degrees yeah. or colder. Yes, no, I don't. I haven't done much diving this year. Well, I've done more this year than last year. Um, but I really do need to get my dry suit fixed. My um, dry suit has a leak. So rather than staying dry, I get wet from my armpits to my ankles, which kind of defeats the purpose of it being a dry suit. The word dry suit makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice, though, when it's really, really cold and you can get out and you've got clothes underneath and you can go to the pub and sit by a warm, open fire and just relax after a dive. It is pretty amazing. All right, well, we might go to a quick song and then we're going to talk about a few more of your your worldly travels. <laughs> Walking down 29th and Park I saw you in another's arms Only a month we've been apart. Okay, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was Happier by Ed Sheeran because I feel happier underwater. Don't know about you, Chels, but I do. Mm, bit of both. Bit, bit of both. 50 50. I feel happy underwater, but, or actually, I'm going to have to be perfectly honest, I'm happier above water. Oh, big call. Mm. Controversial. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, lo- I love Justify your diving. reasons. Go for it. Okay, I love scuba diving. Love, love, okay. love, love, love. Yeah. Got that. Establish that. I am a little soft when it comes to the cold. So to be honest, a lot of dives by the end, I'm pretty excited to get back above the surface because I get a little chilly. <laughs> yep. But I, uh, I just love surfing. Surfing is my thing, and also boating. Boating and surfing, and unfortunately, those two things are above the water. So, well, yeah, true. But mm-hmm. you're still interacting with the environment. It's still a really important part. Yes, and in the ocean. 
<laughs> and you have spent a bit of time on boats, haven't you? Particularly up at the GC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually spent um, a lot of time on boats all around the world. Uh, how you were speaking before, I am a little bit of a nomad. Uh, I do enjoy working on boats around the world, mainly wildlife tour guiding. Uh, I've worked in Canada doing whale watch tours. I've worked in Mexico. I actually used to do uh, black bear tours in Canada on boats. Sounds weird considering we're looking at terrestrial animals. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Uh-huh. But fun fact, um, at low tide, the black bears come down to the shoreline and forage through the rocks for food. Of course they do. So Why not? We, we view them from the boat. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really good. Now, <laughs> it is the upcoming whale season soon now, isn't it? I know you've done a lot on the, the whale boats. Yes, that's probably my main wildlife gig, uh, wildlife presenting. I do a lot of whale watch tour guiding and you are completely right. We're coming into the whale season for Australia. So it's our winter, um, June till November, that they migrate every year. So pretty soon we will be blessed with humpback whales cruising along our coastlines. Beautiful. And how are their numbers going these days? Obviously now they've got a lot more protection than they used to, but are they increasing? Are they seeing more whales migrating up the coast each year? Uh, yeah, humpback whale numbers are strong um, compared to obviously the in, like the whaling industry and those years where numbers were absolutely pitiful. Mm. Um, our whales are doing quite well now. They obviously do still have the struggle on their return trip um, on the way back to Antarctica, the whaling boats. Mm-hmm. But obviously with you know awareness these days, there is um, a lot that's going on to help protect them in that situation that they're coming um, when they're coming past. Um, but yeah, they're doing str- they're doing good. Their numbers are quite strong. Um, yeah, and there's I, I remember I remember that that year that I was on the Gold Coast and um, everyone's like Migaloo's here, Migaloo. And I'm like, what <laughs> what is who is this? Is he still travelling up and down the coast? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, Migaloo. For those that have no idea, Migaloo, which was me, Migaloo is apparently the only completely white humpback whale in the world. Um, there has it's believed that there has been others sighted around, uh, but confirmed, a hundred percent confirmed, he is at this point the only white humpback whale in the world. And the most incredible thing is he travels along the east coast of Australia. So that's his migration path. Yeah, go Migaloo. Yeah, so if you're well watching on the east coast of Australia, you could have the uh, potential of seeing Migaloo. He's very easy to spot, but the thing is, out of all of the uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of humpback whales cruising up our coastlines, there's only one of him. But if yeah. he's around, you will not miss him because he is completely white. But yes, there is have, only. Have you ever seen him? I haven't. In person? I oh, haven't. Okay. And the crazy thing is, I used to work on a boat named after him, which I felt, you know, ooh, maybe give me a little bit of luck. Yep. But the thing is, I don't wear a watch tour guide seven days a week. So yeah. honestly, it was my two days off um, one year, a Miglo passed and they saw him. So, Aww. but yeah, for those people who are on the boat that day. Great job. They saw me glue. Well, what a lovely thing to finish our show on today. So thank you, Charles, for coming on Out of the Blue today. Thank you, everyone, for listening out there in Radioland. You may be listening live or you could be podcasting or listening online as well. Um, now, we do have Radiothon coming up too, so make sure you listen out for that so you can donate to our incredible show. But otherwise, enjoy your Sunday. Get out there and enjoy the sun. And coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. See you later.